Uh, so today, welcome to our podcast, What We Have in Common. I am Brian Tustin. And I am Lorna Reyes. And we are the hosts of What We Have in Common. And today we have Ryan Sisson, the CEO and co-founder of Moniker Group. Um, really excited about this one. Really nervous about this one. Uh, my hands are clammy. I was a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> He got you. <laughs> he got me good. Um, I had a busy day up to this. So I didn't feel super prepared, but I've known him for a little bit of time, a handful of years. And so it wasn't terrible. I think it was just, I think I was just nervous and clammy because of like self-imposed expectations in my head. I was getting in my head. The ego. Unreal. Uh, <laughs> the ego. Yes. And to, I mean, I was so comfortable with Christine. I am so comfortable with Christine. She's just like. (laughs) I hope you're comfortable with Christine. (laughs) I am and I was. You see what I'm saying? But anyway, we met with a man named Ryan. Yes. And we're really excited about this episode. And and we think you guys should be too. He, CEO and founder of Moniker Group. Um, I've worked with Moniker for five years. So I've kind of uh, interacted and, and experienced, known him for a little over five years. Lorna's known Ryan for. I think I've worked here for three three years. Yeah, we're coming up on three years. Three years. Uh, yeah. But did you know him before? I didn't. Nope. No, didn't know anything about him. You just knew Allie. I just knew Allie. Still know Allie. Yeah. Past tense, present tense. I still know her today. <laughs> um, so some cool things about Ryan that we're going to get to talk about is he's a third generation San Diego native. Which, um, if you know much about San Diego. It's a fair, uh, there's a lot of people that move here, transients, myself included. Lorna was not born in San Diego. I wasn't. I grew up in Ventura County. So, I grew up in California, Southern yeah, California. Which is still respectable. So not too far. Um, but we're excited to just dive into that, his history, his family. Um, he, we get to talk a lot about the moniker group and what it means to him, what San Diego means to Ryan and um, kind of his journey on the business side. Yeah. And personal and some personal stuff, how community came to be. We get to talk about Red Bull. We get to talk about founders and partnerships, soapbox racing, soap car racing, derby, dirt biking. You got to stick around to the end to hear about the dirt biking, the dirt biking, but, um, soapbox. What's it called? What were the cars that you race? The soap dirt soap soap derbies. It's the Kentucky. It's the Kentucky soaps. Derby with Red Bull. I don't uh, remember what they're called, but we're gonna learn about it. It's got a really fun story in there with a with a bunch of his buddies, and yeah, we're excited for to share this with you guys. Yeah, he had a really I don't know even things that we haven't heard working with him for however many years, years. we've been here, but we got to learn a new thing or two, which which is really cool. It was touching. It was touching. It was really fun to look across the table and and hear this, hear the story from the lips of the founder. And we got to hear a little bit of what go the chatter that goes on in his mind. Yeah. So, it's it was fun. I liked it. I think you guys will. We think you guys will love this too. Um, so, here we go. Here's so your jingle. Good. Everyone has to sing a lead in. That would be so good. Yeah, except that I would legitimately skip that on every single <laughs> podcast. I would no way I would listen to that. <laughs> oh, that'd be the worst. 
Why does every podcast system make you sound like what's his face? Freaking Dax? Interview, no, the no. NPR guy. <laughs> oh, Dax. Dax on the mind all day. <laughs> all, uh, always. Who, I don't know who the NPR guy is. Ah, the, the, oh, the I know his voice. I don't know. Gosh, um, uh, it starts with the R. It doesn't start with the R. Raj. No. <laughs> Dang, he's like the most famous Raji. podcast guy. He's got like a thousand of them. Richard. Let me, let me Google this. Richard. Gear. <laughs> Richard Gear. <Gere. laughs> <No. laughs> He's got a very famous podcast. Uh, uh, does it? He probably does, but. Do you love, do you love me, the Richard Gear? Let's see. Um, he says it at the beginning of every one, too. Yeah. Every other NPR podcasts? Every other. Yeah, which is like all the podcasts, I feel like, but. I don't know. Now it's going to bother me, so I need to figure out the name. Yeah, take some time to Google it. Yeah, I'm Googling it. It's not really giving me what I'm looking for, though. I'll look on the podcast. Ira. Ira? Ira what? Ira Glass. Ira Glass. That's who it is. That's who I was, oh, that's who I was thinking of. Um, do you know your Enneagram? He's the This, uh, this American Life guy. Oh, okay, that's, okay, that's, okay. Yeah. That I is feel like he's the quintessential like uh, voice of podcasting. But do I know my Enneagram? Yes, I do know my Enneagram. What are you? I don't know. What am I? I, I, I have know. my ideas. I know. What we, I want to hear Lorna's ideas. Yeah, I do too. I don't want to spoil well, this. Well, I'm, I'm torn actually. I, I, I bet you I know what you're you, going to think. What you think I am. But you're not. But that. I'm not. So I, this is what yes. I think, but I think you're not. I thought you were a one, but I don't think you are a one. Okay. So now I'm thinking you might be a four. Four. Oh, wow. Wow. Christine's wow. a four, you know, right? I know that. So, but there's so the, wings. What what's sure. your what's the fourness that you you feel like you sense in me? Um I feel like you're a big time researcher. So that. <laughs> I think that's a five though. No, it's a four, isn't it? Well the four is the, the individualist, so the five, I don't know the property. Five is input. Ah, I think five is, I think you're thinking of five. I think you're thinking of a five too. Cause when so, I'm really healthy as a seven, I go to five, which is like deep yeah. dive research data. Yeah. Then maybe I'm thinking of a five. Maybe you are. So here's the deal. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> I'm smiling so big. Right I'm now. very much not a five. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I literally don't. I like the idea of research is cool, but I don't really research. I have <laughs> is that a time? I have thing? like twelve books that are like partially read. <laughs> not not twelve books that I read yesterday. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I'm a one. You are a one. Oh, oh my god, that right. was my yeah. Yeah, that was my most instinct. most guess is a three. Oh no no no! The achiever. Okay, that's what Nate is. Yeah, Nate is a three. I think Allie is a three too. Mm, no. Nope. No, nope. I'm mixing she everyone a nine? up. No, no, Campbell's okay. a nine. Dang, I'm just firing from the hip. Yeah, yeah you're just. There's she, only so many numbers. So I gotta get I think it. she's a ten. <laughs> she's, a ten. Sure she's a ten. <laughs> she's a ten she's on, the, on the partner. Uh, ten out of ten on the partner level. How's there that? we go. Wait, I, like I should. That. But uh, I should know this. I yeah, know. you should know this. I thought you guys were like BFF. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know anything. What's about funny you. is my like two of my closest friends, Nate and Braden, both their wives are ones. Ah. Oh, that that's is really interesting. funny. No wonder. Really, really, really yeah. interesting. So, yeah. Wow. 
So it's, at least it's consistent yeah. with the people there. Yeah. So like, I mean, they're they're part, I'm like their work wife and then their real wife. So they're all one. So <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're glutton for punishment. That's but good. Yeah, Wait, I'm a, so one wing. A one. One wing. I, that one I can't really, I don't really know which way I go. Uh, to a specifically. nine or a two. Yeah. I think it's, I probably lean more towards a nine. Mm. Like I prefer to just like pretend that things aren't, an issue and just kind of like be like whatever everything's cool the peacemaker yeah just. like the peacemaker side you know <laughs> yeah, versus yeah. like the the helper side where i'm just like oh i gotta make sure that everything's okay and like yeah nah, I'm, I'm too tired for that yeah <laughs> i just i just would rather like just peace out is so there, is there something to I'm, like there? when i'm on vacation i'm for sure a nine like yeah i'm just like freaking great bye go with the flow yeah that's like lauren is a nine no, I'm a two. Well, that's what the report, the test said, but I still believe you're a nine. <laughs> okay. My, my wife, kidding. my wife is a nine. I don't think Lauren is a nine. No, I think, I think her, your, your joy can be mistaken as a nine, but I think you're Thanks. definitely a two because of the way that you serve people. Thanks. So I, yeah, but so. It's, it's good and bad. As is all, as of all, them. Is all. Yeah, you should be a one. <laughs> It's awesome. I Nothing in your life is good enough. <laughs> not during the pandemic. Yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> be a one oh, during this COVID. podcast won't be good enough. <laughs> like the company's not good enough. Like it's great. You just walk around yeah, looking at stuff, going enough. like, "Oh, that could be better." It could all be better. Oh, oh shoot. Yeah, t- trust me. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the therapy stuff yeah, later. Yeah, that's that's part. That's hour two. Yeah, of hour two. the podcast. Yeah. So the, stick the, around it's, if it's you want to be a part. of There's what we have in common, like the business side, and there's what we have in common, like what we learn in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And Lorna, Lorna is the uh, therapist. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't play that real, real, real well. <laughs> it works. <laughs> As a two, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited here to have you on. I'm actually really nervous, which is interesting, going from you should interview. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. Ah! Uh, going from interviewing Christine, uh, who is like the person I'm most comfortable with and most intimate with, and now interviewing my boss. Uh, someone who I've known mostly as like a work relationship for five years, uh, but still there's like a really fun, playful. And but it's interesting processing like prepping for this. And I'm like, oh man, I'm nervous because I want it to be really good. I want it to be perfect. Maybe not perfect, but I want it to be really, really good. Be one. <laughs> I know there's a lot of things to live up to here. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to stand up, so I'm looking down on you the whole time <laughs> we're doing this conversation. Well, and we can also lower our chairs. Yeah, so that actually oh, would yeah. be great. Yeah, lower, lower our I think Lorna is standing up, but uh, yes, and I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my feet right now. It's amazing. Uh, I level with all of you. Um, do you remember at all when we met? And it's okay if you don't. I'm not oh, offended, man. Because I think you you've probably met a lot of people. And the yeah, thing to remember is this was... <laughs> and I often don't remember. I'm horrible with names. So so this was five years ago. Okay. No, five five like, five years and probably four or five months ago. I, th- I feel like the, the deepest history I can remember with you at the moment is you working at the warehouse. In the, yeah. Right? So there was a... So m- across the street from Monica Warehouse, there used to be the um, maker's quarters, right? Yeah, the, the the redevelopment project makers quarter. Yes, yeah. I believe that there was an event there. I can't remember oh, exactly. It was called. It was, it was at Silo. That yeah. outdoor event space was called Silo. Yeah, I think there was an event there, and Christine and I were there. You and Kristen were there, and uh, it was, was it either the, Go- the Google event. I don't remember. I don't remember what the event was. I just and it either might have been at Silo or it might have been at um, uh, the Container Place. Oh. 
courtyard. 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 I don't remember if it was silo or courtyard, but it was in that general area. And someone made the in- introduction of like, this is Ryan Sisson. He, um, <sighs> founder of Moniker. And they've got a design studio and a shop. And it was when I was in like, when I was working at Trader Joe's and in the pallet building phase, you know, that like probably a lot of people yeah. go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, you know, you only know what you know. And, and I had no deep knowledge of like quality design. Yeah. I knew about breaking down pallets and <laughs> Pinterest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very much Pinterest. And then just kind of like in my driveway, trying to put it all this stuff together. And it was like the like tail, that was style. like the tail end of like the pallet design like yes. season of life. Right. Exactly. It was like, it went from like reclaimed wood to like pallets. And then thank God we've moved through thank that. Thank God but. we've moved on from that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was like when I, when I met you and I mm-hmm. think that Brady had already told me that you guys were um, looking at hiring for when you guys were prepping for general. Oh, wow. Cause that was when I kind of like came into the scene at moniker. Oh way. Yeah. Because, uh, cause Oh yeah, because you were I pretty was, new when you were doing the floor with Clark. Yeah, and you came in and you and then you laid the tile at the yeah. Monaco General, which is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Probably still place. the worst job you'll ever have here. Yeah, is laying that tile flooring. <laughs> well, the worst thing that I ever said That's was, right. "I know how I got, to do tile." Yeah, and then it was like, you know, two hours into it, I'm like, "Why did I tell them I know how to do tile?" All my hands oh, and knees laying twelve inch hex tile or like. Two inch yeah, textile two. and twelve inch sheets. Is that and, why and it about, stops at the? That's well, why it stops. That's why it's crooked. <laughs> it's very not level. There's some like little bigger gaps and other gaps. <laughs> the floor also isn't level. We couldn't afford to level the floor or pay someone to do it properly. So <laughs> watch your st- it's, it's character. Just, it ends that way. We that was intentional. The way it that it ends. Okay, yeah. And okay. to this day, no one has died on that tripping on that. So right. it's, it's good. I'm pretty impressed. And it's actually appeared in quite a few photos. Lots of photos. Mm. Yeah. People really actually do like it. Do so that like part them? was intentional. Okay. But the. You know, there's hey, one section in there, just, and I it's the worst. I, I, la- I I'm really proud if anyone picks up on it and they ask about it. But there's a section on the floor where I just didn't measure correctly, and I end up having to cut these hex tiles in, in like half, half yep. to make it fit. So there's now. this like <laughs> we always tried to put a table over it, but now <laughs> yeah. that's not an option. Anymore. It's not an option anymore. And so if you were to look and find it, oh, it's there. And anyone who's listening, as a one, I see it every, every. day. <laughs> Just take pictures every day. It ends up in my Slack every day. Oh, man. Mm, I don't think anyone has never bought a coffee from us because the floor has some uh, imperfections in it. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. It speaks a lot to our lives. I feel like that's uh, yeah. That's a little probably too deep for a minute two (laughs) of this conversation. Uh, But Ryan, so Ryan is a third generation San Diegan. Third generation. So he's grown up here. Uh, I, I was talking to someone else the other day who also grew up here and mm-hmm. I was like, did you grow up in San Diego? She goes, I was born, bred and dead in San Diego <laughs> and probably dead in San Diego. And I was like, that's yeah. kind of catchy. Yeah. Uh, so you grew up here. Yes. Your parents grew up here. Yes. And then your grandparents. Yeah. So my mom's dad. So my mom's dad um, went to San Diego high school. Whoa. Wow. So he that was feels there. very OG. I'm pretty sure he was there when uh, like Ted Williams was playing at Hoover High School. And uh, so that's like the 1930s and 40s. I think I can't remember when he wow. was born. But yeah, so my my great uncle was a, a crop duster pilot when Mission Valley was farmland. Holy smokes. Whoa. It's really hard to envision. Unfortunately, that. he didn't like buy all the land that he was flying. With, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, we've got some pretty deep 
family roots. Um, there's just some connections to, uh, different parts that have been like the fabric of our community for a long time. Uh, um, so it's pretty cool. My, my mom was actually born in Oklahoma, but moved back down here in like late elementary middle school. And my dad was born and raised here. So he's lived around wow. my life. My, my, uh, his parents, my grandfather, my dad's dad was in the military. And, um, so they moved from Iowa and came here. And then, uh, my mom's dad was a pastor and, uh, they took a call at a church down here. And, uh, so my parents met in middle school or they met in high school. They went to middle school at the same place though. And then, um, my sister and I and the vast majority of our cousins all went to the same high school as our, all of our parents went to, which is wow. still down at Imperial Beach. So I had my parents and I actually shared some teachers. That's um, incredible. That's so, wild. Yeah, That's wild. We have that. So like one of the teachers, Mr. Nikoloff, was their teacher, my teacher, my sisters, most of my cousins. And then I coached uh, volleyball, high school volleyball there for a little bit. And I was coaching his kids. So, yeah. <laughs> wild. I feel so, like for such a big city, right? And we're probably 90, what feels like 90% of people are transients. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's, it's fun. I, I think for me, you know, I mean, in looking and having a place where I have roots is really important. I love being connected to just like the fabric of a community. Um, and it's yeah. not essential, but that's just how, what I love. And you know, I always wanted to actually marry a girl that was from San Diego also just to have like that combination and also sure. feel like we didn't need to go anywhere else or weren't compelled to anywhere else. And um, I ended up marrying a girl group in Point Loma. So there you go. Uh, so it worked <laughs> out, strategy worked worked. out really well there. So it's fun to think about my kids being fourth generation San Diegans, um, yeah. you know, and, and just the what they'll be able to look back at. You know, my my dad's dad was a boot camp instructor here at Liberty Station where my uh, where all most of our businesses are. Wow. You know, and so it's like he was here in these streets, you know, pushing boots back uh, you know, forty years ago and now we're here slinging lattes and building furniture. <laughs> but it's just like, so you know, crazy. it's the connection, the the history is I think really cool. And then I think the other thing too is you get to watch a community take shape over time. Um and you know, I felt I applied to so I grew up in Imperial Beach, which is a little beach town. So it's like yeah, right. San Diego already has like a, a real small town kind of culture, which is what I love about it. It's like big enough to be relevant. It's yeah. the eighth largest city in America, but it doesn't feel like unapproachable. Totally. Uh, it feels highly, highly relational. And so I grew up in a little beach town in the corner of the county, the most southwesterly city in the whole entire United States outside of Hawaii. And uh, so had even like a smaller town experience, mm. but connected to the larger like community as a whole. Um, so I think there's some pretty cool elements of that and just being um, by the beach, you know, just always enjoying um, just the culture that came with being by the ocean. Yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. I've, and I've been um, almost all over most of the United States and a lot of other amazing cities around the world and just always felt like... Um, you know, there's definitely compelling things and things that I love about those places, but it just was never home, you know? And yeah. so when I graduated from high school, I applied to two universities. I applied to UCSD and San Diego State. <laughs> <laughs> really, really yeah, far away from home. It was, no, it was literally which ones are with driving distance. <laughs> uh, Less traffic. Yeah, I was going to apply to USD in Point Loma, but I, then I looked at the tuition numbers and I was like, nah, that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll stick to state schools. Yeah, we'll go to we'll see, like state-funded universities will be great. And ended up going to San Diego State. And uh, 
but yeah, it was never my intention to go, uh, to really go anywhere else. Um, and then there was definitely a season and this really leads into the moniker story, which we don't have to get to right away. But I think the, when I was in kind of post-college, um, there's a lot of people that started to leave San Diego, um, in my, like from my community, um, mainly like creative, uh, focused individuals, designers or filmmakers, or, you know, those that I felt like were doing really cool stuff. And, uh, they just felt like they needed to be in Brooklyn or New York or Nashville or these places. And, uh, it was, it was hard. It was hard to watch. I feel like I felt like the, the potential of our community was being taken when every mm. every time someone like left yeah you know and i was like jealous of these other cities of like why are they the ones that are getting all these mm. good people and uh so it just kind of came into that place of like well like how does san diego become the place where people come back to or that people want to go to from somewhere else right like if it's not as if it doesn't have what they're looking for how do we create that here yeah um and i think that for that that narrative was super compelling with this idea of like this is your home. This is where you're from. This is where you want to raise your family. Mm. Like now go create the best, help create the best version of that community. Um, so yeah, it's, it's never, I've lived in San Diego my entire life. Um, I don't plan on moving it's anywhere amazing. else. Um, That's dedication. Yeah. You know, I'm dedicated to the craft. I, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a special place. I love being from here. I love, um, you know, telling people that's, like anytime you're like, oh, yeah. where are you from? It's San Diego. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's never, it's always like you get some sort of positive reaction, right? No right. one, no one ever was like, oh, hmm. Uh, and then like, I get it. Yeah. Everyone's just like, so, and I, I think there's some, I mean, it's such a, it's a special place from the people standpoint, but then it's like, you can surf and snowboard in the same day. You can be in the mountains, you can go dirt biking, you can do whatever, yeah. like, Got like all the things that you want to do from I feel like from a lifestyle standpoint, like or at least I would like to do, it's just it's so easy to do here yeah. and all year round. Right, you right. Know, it's like oh, golfing the- Tory Pines on New Year's morning and shorts and a polo, and you're like, right, what is oh. this place? Like this is insane. You it know? is people insane. are like buried in snow, and I mean, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, I love visiting that stuff, but uh, right, but Living just to be it. able to have like the consistency of what this place provides is really yeah. cool. So that is that is really, really cool. I would like if the real estate prices would go down a little bit. Though. That you know, <laughs> yeah, but we, if we could touch on one thing, that would be the thing. <laughs> that would, that's about. the thing. That that's, is really that is for sure thing. the thing. So, um, oops, oops. Uh, okay, so real quick, one thing I heard you say was dirt biking and the accessibility to that sort of stuff. Now, I have heard that I should bring up something about go-kart racing and Red Bull. Oh, my god! And I don't know any other details. The source would not tell me why. <laughs> but since we're talking about dirt biking and some hobbies and some fun things and growing, while we're growing up and, and still being playful young adults, yeah, what, what needs to be uncovered here? There's an amazing video that I need to show you. Um, Maybe we can link it in the show yeah, notes. We might, we might be able to, actually. It's, I think it still is on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So me, uh, Mingo, uh, Palacios, John Allen, James Gutierrez, who were three of the co-founders of Moniker, actually, and then our other uh, wildcard friend, Louie. Um, Louie, I've heard about Louie. Louis. You know, he's a mechanic, we, right? Yeah, he's he's a car guy. Um, you know, we uh, just always looking for a good story, right? And uh, so I think we had some connections 
we had some connections to Red Bull, like on the corporate side. I think we had done a couple of things. I don't know. They like came and like did some stuff with a couple of events that we were doing. We were doing Got all it. like community focused events and the, and art shows and fashion shows and things Got like it. that. This so this is, was like 10 years ago. This 10, is like, 12? yeah, this is, I'm going to say 10, probably like 10. It's probably like at the beginning of moniker. Okay. 2010, and, 2011. Yeah. Let's call it, let's call it 2010. Nice. Um, Something like that, right? And so Red Bull is doing these uh, soapbox derbies, basically. and uh, <laughs> But it's it's a Red Bull soapbox derby, right? It's of not course. just like a regular one. So it's just over the top. And they were doing LA. And uh, we just said, hey, like we need to apply. This would be amazing to do. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> we, at the time, we were using, um, this, there was a brand in San Diego called Jedediah clothing. And, uh, they had a warehouse down in mission Valley that we were using this little room next to for our little workshop. This is before the Monica warehouse before really even moniker existed officially. And, um, we would just, I mean, you know, you're there, this is back before kids and most people's marriages and you just had time and you just yeah. <laughs> got and did dumb things. And, uh, boy, so we had this, like we found this, uh, uh, it was like a toy, like a big wheels, like tractor, right? Like, and Domingo had a, a scooter. Uh, and so we would get, we would pull behind the scooter around the parking lot and like drift this toy, this is like tractor. big wheel tractor <laughs> around the parking lot. And uh, so we had video of this and we had, and John Allen, who's uh, one of my favorite people, but is always willing to do stuff that isn't always the brightest. <laughs> And um, like this guy. he, we decided, well, I mean, you know, drifting is fun, but you know, it's more fun is launching the big wheel tractor. Ah, so wow. we have uh, this video of John just going like airborne on a massive big <laughs> wow. wheel. Like, and it's like Mingo comes flying on the scooter and like hits the brakes and you hear this like screech. And then here comes John out of the frame. <laughs> like nowhere hits this jump. <laughs> And just goes like full send and then hits the ground. The thing just is obliterated. Like just breaks into like like 40. I think he has like a pink helmet on too. Like he's in like, you know, board shorts and like like a tank top. So what is this on road or dirt? This is in a parking lot. In a parking lot. So we're on asphalt. Yeah. So asphalt. Right. And he just, it's just amazing. So we're heading out to uh, fast forward and we're talking about like, what do we do uh, for this red ball? Like the whole thing is like the application. Like, I mean, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of people are applying to this. Like, how do you make yourself stand out? Okay. And um, that video. So two things. One, you got to have a good theme that's like (laughs) compelling. Right. And two, you need to like have a good video. And so we're actually like the five of us in a truck, my truck driving to Las Vegas for a conference that we had done uh, like stage design stuff for and Mingo and Mingo starts editing this video and I had him put it to um, the, the opening song of Top Gun. (laughs) And so like when he's, yeah, like that's, I I make that one, but yes, the totally is totally San Diego thing. So the opening scene, that song, it's, it's magical. And so we sent it in with our theme and our theme was, um, again, San Diego. We were going to be a uh, paletero man, a oh, Mexican ice cream, the good. Mexican ice cream cart. And yes. like, so for those who don't know what that looks like, it's usually a guy be- pushing like a little cart with like three small wheels and he's got you amazing, you hear him and he's got the bell <laughs> and you know, he's, and he goes around neighborhoods and, and up and know, down sells, the beach. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's like such a staple. <laughs> so we, our concept, we created 
um, uh, cart that uh, John was our driver and he actually sat <laughs> inside of it. We did like a perforated mesh on the front oh, with cool. plexiglass. Nice. So you couldn't see him inside driving. Got it. And Mingo was dressed up. With like a poncho and a sombrero oh and like with like a mustache and stuff, and so we because we got we got uh, selected and so we go to L.A. and there's a hundred thousand people and we have to do the rest of the team we have to do like a skit, so we like oh. are on this stage on top of downtown in downtown L.A. The rest of us are dressed up. So me, James, Louie are dressed up like little kids that are like super oh. excited about getting popsicles. Wow. So like we hear the music yeah. and like, it's like oh my gosh, here's the, the Palotero man. He's coming. Like, <laughs> and so we go and we like get these fake popsicles. We do a dance like with Mingos and a poncho. No one sees John. John's no one has any idea. Oh, there's anyone in the car. In the car. Yeah. He's, he's in already the car. in it. He's hidden. And then the, I have to sh- the video the course is like it's like a 45 degree slope down this hill with a, with, <laughs> with jumps and a like a Shut massive up. like 12 to 15 foot like berm like with a 45 okay. degree that you have to hit and more jumps and then all the way down did you know wow. this yeah yeah oh, but we were but course. when we walked it the course like when we first got there it was like i was like thank you god that i'm not in or on this <laughs> thing it, you're not because mingo is just so the, it's, the idea is it's a runaway like oh like, ice cream yeah because yeah. no one knows he's not mingo's just holding on Ah, so brilliant. So this there's really there's creative. three ways to score. There was there was a like a fan vote thing. Yeah, there was a, a judges vote, and then there was a the speed. Okay, and uh, and so um, yeah, he bombed it. He Mingo got a little scared. He had a little foot break, and uh, he got a little bit too, which I would never want to be on that thing. Got a little bit too scared and Bingo. we yeah, we didn't get the speed that we wanted to. We ended up, I think, placing fourth or fifth, so out of the but we were the only ones that got perfect tens from the judges on the sportsmanship side. Oh yeah, there's a wow. photo of the presentation. Wow. Saw the photo yeah, because there. when so Mingo like gets down there and everyone's like, you know, cheering, it looks super cool. Yeah, He's just yeah. like holding on the back and was like, and all of a sudden the, the thing opens and John comes out and like the crowd just goes, <laughs> goes wild. <laughs> Like oh, absolutely so wild, and I think the judges like it was like Sal Masakela and like all these rad like oh, this judges so good, and uh, it was it was amazing. And then you have like me and James and Louis like sprinting behind him like down the track, just with like little kid basketball jerseys on. Uh, yeah, so incredible. unfortunately, it was like a little. It was like when Instagram was just like a thing, you know, yeah. and so like the platform to share the story and capture it with our own stuff wasn't nearly as what it would be today. We'd probably have like nine cameras there, but That's so there incredible. is video in a Red Bull video somewhere of us doing that, and then yeah, we got to uh, get a hold of that. So that was that was an incredible story. That was just such a fun thing. We wow. threatened to reapply as like <laughs> like do some like dad thing because we weren't before and now we are totally. Um, and then life just got in the way. But if it ever comes back around, I'm pretty certain you would see a bunch of 40-year-old dudes flying for this. Incredible. And, it, and it would be... You kind of do the same thing, but, not to but mention, now Mingo's a grandpa. Not to mention, our, <laughs> our fabrication cool, abilities man. have improved slightly as well. <laughs> so I think we would definitely... Uh, but unfortunately, too, John would still be willing to do something really stupid <laughs> to be able to do it. <laughs> Inside so, the yeah, car. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's good. But that wow. was... Uh, that's definitely... That's a fun one. That's, that is incredible. Do you yeah. know where in L.A.? It was downtown LA, right by somewhere there, there's a hill. I mean, right. What's the big museum in downtown LA? Annen- a, nope. No, Annenberg. There's no. the. It's right down the street from that. 
I can't remember. Got what it. it but uh, and so you said there's like a platform, so it was way more than just you're the like race. on like a, a platform, and then and then you at the with a ramp, so then you push your guy down the ramp, and then it hits this hill, and then he just and, and he yeah. just goes and it just goes. I gotta ask John about this because there's probably so many things going on in his head, yeah. having limited visibility inside of oh, the he, cart. He, you know, he was, and it's like I don't know what's going yeah. on here. And we were on the news, like <laughs> we were on the local so news crazy. also, and like we had him like. Uh, they had videos of us like test running it before we had like all the stuff. And what was cool too is, um, and this is pretty much like the whole podcast is talking about the story, but perfect. <laughs> we got friends companies to sponsor it, to sponsor us. We had to, but we turned all their logos into like ice cream brands. Oh, oh brilliant. Good. So like we had like the full, so we had the whole thing stickered. Um, and then, oh yeah, our name was uh, give them helado. <laughs> give them helado. <laughs> Wait, this is amazing. <laughs> this is fantastic. Give him a yeah, lotto. Give him a lotto. That's so, so good. So we had that That's on the hilarious. front of the cart. It said it said give him a lotto. <laughs> For those that don't know what helado is, you want to share with us? Lorna, what is helado? Uh, well, the H is silent. Yeah, helado. <laughs> we'll start there. Okay. Ice cream. Yep. It was awesome. Talking. Everything came together. It's funny and now I think about it. So what was St. Patrick's Day was two days ago? Mm. So we actually, Genesis, the idea came to life in Mingo's dining room on St. Patrick's Day over, uh, wow. no, over some helado, over no, Paletas. over some, <laughs> over some, some margaritas, no. <laughs> anything in that. In that no, I think room. it had to do with Irish. Some, I think they oh, were yeah, Irish St. car Patrick's bombs. Day. Oh, I think nice. I'm pretty sure Irish car bombs were involved. So 10 years Sounds ago. Good. Wow. Yeah. It's a creative so. process. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it frees the mind. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. What a memory. So there you go. Two with a bunch of just like boys and the rascals. and Oh my gosh. Boys just, just want to have fun. We, we did. That was, we did a lot of fun things. Wow. So. That's amazing. That is a fantastic memory. Yeah. We're going to try and find that video and uh, put it in the show notes and blast it. In every direction that we can, <laughs> as long as we can find it, maybe it is. Red it's, Bull. it's a legacy. It's the legacy of our company. You know, I mean, it's just something we can't forget. And that was was that before? Oh no, no, that was after because you guys had been doing some stage stuff. Yeah, some stage builds for. Yeah, it was uh, something in that like very early beginnings. Early beginnings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, um, where you guys kind of just knew that you wanted to do stuff together. Some of it was professional. Some yeah. of it was play. Yeah. And so you said that uh, some of these guys were co-founders of Moniker. Yep. Big question in the world. Yep. Probably the world wonders this. I think it's a global question. Yeah, I would for sure. I've had I've had the globe ask me. This I mean, the many world. Times. Yeah, the world is. What is Moniker? Not just not just like what is Moniker because Moniker means name. Moniker means name. Right. Like my my Moniker is Brian. Yes. Uh, but from a business standpoint, <laughs> Miyamo Brian, Miyamo Brian, uh, what is moniker? What is moniker group? And if you can summarize it in under, uh, 48 hours, <laughs> how do you do that? Try to give the answer that the poor baristas have to give on like a regular basis. So they're like, what, what is, is moniker? moniker? Or, yeah. Monica. Yeah. Can we just talk about all the names that people, monkey or group? Monkey or group. Monkey and or group. Monica and Winker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally like so phonetic too. Like it's mm-hmm. like not, there's nothing surprising about it. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Or you like, Mon- or you try to like tell someone over the phone, like what your email address is. And they're like, wait, how do you, what? How? 
I'm like, it just literally, it's it's phonetic. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's, they to, just, to, to their credit, I'm going to try and go on their perspective for a second. And yeah, I'm not a very smart please. guy. So <laughs> I feel like I'm really qualified to come here uh, on this perspective of the coin. I had never heard of the word moniker until I didn't even know it was in the dictionary as what it meant as a name. So for the first time, however, when I did first see the name, the word. Yeah. yeah. I did prophetically, prophetically, no, You're phonetically. A <laughs> I phonetically, pathetically. I told <laughs> you, I, there's not much between my ears. I think. Uh, phonetically, I did spell it or pronounce it correctly, yeah. but I had never heard of the the word moniker. Okay, as name, uh, but I've been enlightened since clearly because yeah. Mayamo is Brian. Mayamo is Brian. Let's see. <laughs> So back oh to the real gosh. thing, though. He I is. am called Brian. That's what, <laughs> That's what I just said. So uh, side side note on the on the moniker brand specifically. So when we had to come up with a name to start the company, um, we the the guys that I had started with even before James, Louis, and John, which is a, another deeper story, but we don't need to get into those details. Um, the one of the guys said. I wrote on the whiteboard, like he really wrote, what is our moniker? So, ah, um, and then some names like kind of came to life and I just kept coming back to that. And I think for me early on, it's hard to, it's hard to remember, um, like where your head was at, like, you know, 12, 11 years ago, whatever it is. But I, I know in myself that I was looking for something that would never be tied down to some, to spe- like, to something specific, right? You know, brands right, can be right. brands can brands can be very, um, very narrow, like in what they're doing. I mean, your hat says Holy Taco on it. Like, if yeah. that's a brand, like it's you're doing probably just good tacos. tacos like right. that's you're not, you're doing not pasta. Yeah, it's not like a car company like called right. Holy Taco. But um, you know, so moniker it was like, and I read that and kept going back to it. It was like perfect, a brand that means nothing. Um, you know, and then it's like, uh, the the things that I could do with a brand that means nothing. Right. Right. And so, um, it just was compelled to that idea of like, I want something that's identity is what it's a part of. Um, and so that's really what, that's really the genesis behind the brand moniker where it's like, it's, it's uh, it can be whatever it's whatever is part of. So whether it's the stuff that we're creating as a business, or whether it's the stuff that you're creating that we're helping you um, bring to life, um, it's like kind of you know insert you like it is what it's a part of. Uh, and I think the like all of our logos have a line on them, and that line represents this idea of like fill in the blank. It's like mm-hmm. you fill it in with what your vision, dream, purpose, calling, whatever it is, um, and then we'll be a part of that. And so I just, I, uh, you know, even, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if it's a FOMO thing, um, or what, but I just, I never wanted to be tied down to something specific. Yeah. Um, well, I I know that the, the, something I do know about you is one of your biggest inspirations is Richard Branson, right? And from a business standpoint, yeah. Would you say that that, which came first? That's, I was trying to actually, it's funny. I was thinking that and I, I, I definitely had heard of it. Him and Virgin Group prior to Moniker, um, but I definitely became more intimately like aware of how they structure and what they do after. Uh, like it was more when I started diving into his books, like probably 
six or seven years ago when I really understood kind of how they worked. But I, I, totally. I think that had something to do with it. Yeah, maybe just like a seed in the back of the head where yeah. you're just curious even about yeah. it. It's like, whoa, what, Virgin Group. Yeah, like, like all the things. cool stuff they do, you know. It's right. like, I just want to do cool stuff. Yeah, and you're not really tied down. Like, I mean, if you have the if the part of your brain is virgin, it could be anything, right? Like yeah. Similar to moniker. It's yeah. just, it's not tied down to tacos. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, um, you know, I use this analogy in our town hall um, this, uh, this week. And I said, you know, I want to be, build an oak tree, not a palm tree. Um, and there's nothing wrong with a palm tree. Like a palm tree is like you build a business and you do this one thing, you do it really well. Right. And that's totally, that's actually what most people suggest that you do with business. <laughs> it actually is, is infinitely more, uh, less complex and probably makes you more money. Um, you know, and, uh, but I want to build an oak tree. I like, I want to have the complexity of all these branches that come off yeah. and have their own identity, their own direction. Um, some are big, some are small, some are long, some are short. Um, and so that's just, when I look at the, you know, the end of my time with moniker, whenever that is like, I want to see, I want to see an oak tree. That's cool. And so, um, I think what's, I think what's, uh, you know, going away from like what you're, a lot of people say you should be a palm tree in business. I think what's valuable is that, you know, you want to be an oak tree, right? It's not like in the back of your head, it's like, Oh, I really want to be a palm tree but i'm my company's an oak tree it's like no i want to be an oak tree i'm gonna be an oak tree and it sounds like there's like very clear defined vision in that yeah i mean i think that was um that was very intentional always from the beginning is like not um positioning myself into one thing or positioning us into one thing it was always i wanted to be in i wanted to be in a place where i could say yes to anything that was right Mm. um and our entire company has really been built off of relationships and opportunities that come through relationships. And relationships are dynamic, right? The individuals that, that are in that relationship, the ideas that they have, the dreams they have, the things that they know, that what they bring into a conversation or into a, into a relationship is all so unique. And I never really want, I never wanted to be in a position where I was like, oh man, it'd be so cool to do something with you just because of who you are. And I had to say no because the structure wasn't there. Uh, so... I just want to be, it doesn't, we've said no to more things than we've said yes to, um, but I never want to have to say no. Right. Right. I, I, I love that. I think that's really cool. And it, I think that speaks a lot to uh, what I know of like your desire and what you were talking about earlier is how you love your community and where you, where you grow up and the relationships that you have and that you've developed, you know, and just being able to say yes and, and bring people in and building the, having a dream for what your community and your city could be. And how you want it to be, and then going and doing that. Yeah, right. I, yeah, and I think that's that's the other thing too. It's like not just uh, not having to say no to what someone may bring in, but it's like what does the community need? Um, and if you, we built a structure that we can create what the community needs. You know, everything we've done up to this point, we haven't, we didn't know what we were doing going into it anyway. So there's not a whole <laughs> lot out in front of us. I feel like we couldn't figure it out. Um, I tell people like the recipe for uh, how moniker exists today is 25% hard work, 50% faith and 25% pure ignorance. Like, (laughs) like there's just like, there's just a level of like believing that you can and not knowing what is actually required to do it. That is like, yeah, we can figure it out. We can figure it out. Or it's like, it's not not rocket. I mean, maybe we are a rocket scientist company one day. Like maybe we do, but like, um, it won't be me. That's the scientist. But I think, the reality is what we've done, what we've wanted to create has really been more about what people are looking for. And I think uh, 
in that in the output like the expressions of moniker um nothing we've done we've ever done before but they've all fallen in the vein of what we're capable i know we're capable of doing um and so yeah we've been able to do some pretty cool stuff that's amazing. Uh, so, so what are the industries? Um, so, right. So, I heard you say Moniker Group. There is Moniker Group, mm-hmm. and then there's a handful of industries that are currently part of that oak tree. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are the? What are those main branches? Yeah. So, I mean, under the group, we have uh, I think it's like twelve brands or something. Something wow. like that. Twelve, fourteen. I can't. I can't keep track of those ones. But <laughs> uh, company wise, um, I do know those because I have to manage all their cash flows and bank accounts and all that stuff but uh, we stuff. have yeah it's a super fun the stuff that <laughs> especially this past year yeah. the last 12 months have brought oh, it's just a fun. blast let's just um, yeah <laughs> premature gray uh, hair for sure um so we have um we have eight total companies um we are in design interior design and fabrication so restaurant office hospitality co-working i.e monitor commons um and we have our coffee shop, our cocktail bar, our retail store, uh, which those three are all in one one building. And then we have uh, an event company um, that manages uh, th- the three wedding venues that we have, event venues, but typically weddings. Um, so our business, tr- like for the most part, is about putting people in rooms together, which has made this last fun last year extra fun. <laughs> Um, kind of flip that on yeah, its head. Yeah, it's super great. <laughs> Who would have thought there uh, would have been a season where you you couldn't put people in? No rooms? one ever. Right? No one ever ever would have thought that. It's like yeah, never was there yeah. anyone who said that's a bad business. Yeah, model. that's that could be that's at risk. That's an at risk <laughs> business <laughs> model. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I've had plenty of people say that moniker is an at risk business model, but not for that reason. Um, <laughs> they don't like complexity, so they think it's wrong. But um, the. Uh, yeah, so that's what we do. We we I mean, at the core of who we are is is we're about bringing people together, um, investing in individuals in our community. Um, how that expresses itself is different ways. Um, yeah. You know, co working and coffee and wedding venues and that kind of stuff. And um, so, that's, and that yeah. and and that all started with design. Yeah, building going back yeah, to the, building. The uh, very beginning was um, you know me and the guys, the Red Bull guys. Um, if that, that part got cut out of the, the uh, <laughs> podcast, I didn't wasn't working with Red Bull. Me and the guys that did the Red Bull story that you probably <laughs> need to find on a supplemental part of the podcast because it was like thirty minutes long story. But uh, me and the original guys, we were uh, initially connected through church, and we, we were doing young adult focused ministry events, um, like I mentioned, like art shows and fashion shows and concerts and things like that at warehouses downtown, um, and just trying to do like just really cool stuff and bringing elevating the creative community in inside of our city and um, just for the sake of the community too. It really was about just giving uh, young adults a platform to sing or to paint or to design or whatever, uh, whatever it is that they were, you know, passionate about and, and great at. So that, that creation of the space for ourselves led into opportunities for creating that type of environment for other people. Um, and so that led into doing the things like a version of what we were doing for conferences and events. And so we started doing, uh, started getting hired and that's really where the business became a business to do like youth conferences. And we did uh, stuff for 
like different nonprofits and all around the country too. It ended up um, in that just stuff in Atlanta and in Kentucky. And, wow, uh, we did. Uh, I wasn't expecting out of state. Oh yeah, L.A. That's we incredible. Did Portland. We did. Um, and would, it, would it, if I can go on a tangent for a second? I mean, is I a lot go, of that going there anyway? So going, yeah, <laughs> but even you're if you said no, if, I, there. if I can, <laughs> if I can, and I will. Yeah, I am going. I'm going on a tangent for a second. Uh, I'm just really curious about this. So when you're do when you're doing things out of state or even really out of the city, um, are you? Did you like source materials there, or like how did that? Um, in a, in a, we the mainly flow work? we mainly built stuff here, um, and then we just like and trailer, just, it. And just, yeah, and just trailer or. <laughs> Uh, that's send epic. send out some young kid that just crushes energy <laughs> drinks and tries a red bull tries a u-haul across the country um we did ship some stuff i think it just depended upon the project Got but it. Amazing. i mean we uh there's one actually one of the crazier ones we did um an event called ideation in chicago in this amazing building in downtown chicago and uh we designed everything to fit into uh suitcases and shipping and like Shut and like up. plastic containers what and we took it all with us on the airplane no so we did like oh an entire God. project and what? so the main piece of the whole of the whole entire design was this the uh the brand of the conference was the exclamation mark okay and there was this massive like i think 10 foot tall exclamation mark that we made out of exclamation marks so like we laser cut all these like probably like six to 12 inch pieces and then we we piece it all together into the shape of a bigger one and yeah we just flat packed those things inside of like these massive plastic like rolling those Amazing. black bins that we have in the yeah. workshop yeah, like yeah, yeah. those were from take that job in chicago Unreal. put it on hey, southwest you get two free bags <laughs> i mean we weighed these things costs. they were like right under 100 pounds and then um we, you know, it cost us, yeah, it was like what, 40 bucks Incredible. for an extra bag. Who came up with that idea? Do you remember? I don't know, just collective, collective ridiculousness. Like, let's just break this down and put yeah, it in how a do we, How do we get this there for as cheap right. as possible? Wow. Well, the best way is put it on the airplane with us. Was this, uh, was this like June Chicago or like no. January uh, winter actually, Chicago? It was uh, very different uh, experiences, is what I would Very think. different. I think it was like <laughs> April Chicago, but okay. Cody and I. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Cody and I had to do a site walk and uh, before the event and we did uh, like I think it was January or February Chicago and we were only there for like I think we were there for like 22 hours it was like just meeting our friend who was doing the conference and looking the space over and um, but it was like oh God knows I don't know <laughs> 10 o'clock at night nine o'clock whatever right and, and we at the time especially we're in the warehouse we played a lot of ping pong nice. like a lot of ping pong it was like a daily there's it was just happening all the time yeah. um and cody just wanted to find a bar that had a ping pong table <laughs> and a man so, who knows what he wants yeah and this is like city. i mean this is like pre-uber days you know i, I, I feel like i mean <laughs> yeah. i feel like i don't even have had an iphone back then 2012 and, uh, maybe 2013 yeah probably like 2011 12 somewhere in there and uh and so we find a place that has a, a bar that has a ping pong table and we're then the next thing and it's there's no one out like there's it's it's like i felt like i was <laughs> right we're january yeah, yeah january it's chicago like, yeah why would you be out it's 10 <laughs> o'clock at night in downtown chicago in freaking january just ignorant boys from san diego oh my gosh i literally felt like i like in if you've ever been to chicago 
You know, there's like certain streets that have no wind, and then you like roll around the corner, and like the wind just is ripping through these tall buildings. No. And I was just feel like I had no clothes on. Like it was just <laughs> was like it was so fully exposed, cold. You were like, I, it's as if someone just ripped all your clothes off, and you're just like, I'm just freezing. I have like nine layers on. But we eventually found the bar with the ping pong table, I, and we played ping pong. Cody we actually, was very yeah. Happy. So Cody was very happy. Oh, for Cody, <laughs> uh, if we had we had fun, but. So the two reasons you flew to Chicago in January. One was to look at at this, do like a sight walk, and two to play ping pong. Yeah, duh, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we were really into ping pong. (laughs) I love it. Um, Unfortunately, the ping pong table that we still have just sits in the corner of the shop now, folded and collecting dust yeah, because we gotta change well that. we actually have work that we have to do now that's a good like point. back then <laughs> it was just a one then, one trunk it was like tree. we just had like it was a very it was like a little seedling um <laughs> and uh but yeah so like that's that was the beginning for us was doing that type of experiences cool. and then cool um the transition point from a design like where we went from like this kind of like hobbyist kind of event design thing into like interior design was um, I was in a Bible study with a, a, a friend and, uh, we, we had done a surf trip down to like Puerto Vallarta area and uh, there was like a, yeah, it was awesome. This spot called Chicala. And, um, it was like, there was a bunch of us, there was like 15 of us or something, but me and, <sighs> and my buddy Brian were in uh shared a room together and we were just laying there and I was like, Hey, like, you know, he was in selling insurance and I was uh, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was not moniker didn't exist yet. You were playing ping pong. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. No, this would be pre, pre ping pong. Oh, pre ping pong. Yeah, this is before moniker exists, and oh, uh, this is probably like two years, no, way before dirt bikes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did nothing. I did nothing did in my nothing. life. I literally had, like, there was nothing. My life was so lame. Like, we don't need to go there. Um, and but apparently, I was on a surf trip in Mex in, in mainland Mexico, so it wasn't completely awful. You're gonna uh, do nothing. That's yeah, that's where do. I'm gonna do it, and um. And so I asked him, he's like, man, my dream would be to, you know, that's always been my thing is like, I love to know what people dream about what they want to do. And, um, he said, my dream would be to own like a neighborhood bar one day. He's like, I just want to own the bar like that everyone goes to. That's cool. And I was like, that's super cool. Like we chat about a little bit. And I think he was asking me what I was doing and maybe I can't remember exactly when maybe Monica was like maybe a thing or an idea. Sure. But regardless, um, we fast forward, I don't even know, two, three years later. Um, and we were at our Bible study and then it, we, a bunch of us normally go to coffee afterwards. Well, it was just the two of us. And so I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know? Oh, and he's like, well, I'm actually leaving my job. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like what's going on? He's like, Oh, my dad and I bought this building in Lucadia and Encinitas and we're, I'm going to build member of the bar. I'm like, that's so cool. And I was no like, way. and I was like, you know, I have a design company now. Maybe we could help you like build it out. Oh, cool. Oh. Like, and so, uh, you know, going back to the ignorance piece, yeah, we could build a whole restaurant. Yeah, like, of course, why not? Out of our 400 square foot workshop with no welder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want us to build massive, like pivoting, like steel windows and doors? <laughs> Easy. Done. Not, not a problem. So, but uh, the restaurant still exists today. It's called uh, Priority Public House. And wow. we've done a bunch of work with them since. And that no was... Way. What a legacy a, relationship. There. Yeah, it's super cool. All the stuff. And it really was Cody who... You know, I think Cody has said yes because I told him he needed to say yes. But uh, <laughs> Cody made Cody made that happen, and um, and it was really cool. And, and that was the transition point for us where we went to interiors, and it it, cool. it co- coalesced with the Moniker Warehouse, us moving into that space. Um, and so it was kind of that like 
that season of us transitioning into like a real interior design fabrication studio while also having our first actual physical space that was ours that we were creating environments for other people in. Amazing. Um, and that was like very much like an inflection point um, in our story. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. They have really good food too. I'm a, yeah, I was going to say, I'm a big <laughs> yeah. fan of Priority Public House. Did you work on that stuff for them? When, no. Because we did the whole like back patio there and stuff. Right. But they got, they got was, good food. I think I transitioned to uh, Commons at that it's point. It's funny. We did like a opening party there. Like for us, for moniker, like, amazing. Like it, I'm pre- pretty certain it was bigger than the one that like Brian threw for himself. Like <laughs> all we did was design and build it out, and like we threw this massive yeah, like party. party for it. You know. Well, if that if there is so something good. that moniker so loves to do is throw, throw some party. sort of party yeah, for this, any sort of reason. This last year has been so lame. Again, putting people in rooms. Oh my gosh, our ten year party. <laughs> it was know. we turned ten last year. Uh, and now we're turning 11 in like two months and we still can't have a party. Can we? Th- <laughs> we're going to, I literally just was like last year, I was like, well, we'll have a really cool 10 plus one. And I'm like, well, we'll have a really cool 10 plus two party. <laughs> so uh, it is, it's going to, I mean, we it's were going to do be- something pretty epic. And now, I mean, I guess it just means we got to do it better. Uh, right? It'll be good. It'll be real good. Is it, it will be good? good. All the plans are still there. The They're all story, still there. the story will be really good. The story will be sweeter. It'll just have, we just have to have a little bit of patience. Yes, we just have to wait a little longer. Teaching my three-year-old about that right now. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> patience. Yeah. And don't have it. Patience. I think my three-year-old is teaching me about that right now. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. That's a, so you guys were doing, Monica was doing design, and then, because you said there's events, the venues, and, I mean, commons, coffee, co- cocktails, retail. I mean, all that's kind of a bit more in, like, what the world would call hospitality than design. Um, would you say that venues came first or like the, the coffee the, general side? The warehouse was our first physical space. Um, and that was a venue with co-working before co-working was called co-working. Uh, um, we had like four, we had the, our first space was about 6,000 square feet, about, um, 1500 of that was these little offices. And we had just people in our community that rented them from us. And then amazing. we would use, uh, we would use the main like event area for um, a couple churches used it. And then we would start kind of exploring like people. I was like when weddings, the idea of having a wedding in like a dingy warehouse, it was the very <laughs> beginning of that reality. Um, kind where, of like, like at the tail end of pallets yeah. or kind of like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, with the, in the middle the of the amount of reclaimed wood that we put in that place, like it was true. actually kind of like right in the thrust of like, Peak, it was peak palette. <laughs> peak, pal- peak, peak palette. Peak palette. Um, it got tired quick, but it's still. Re- ironically, there are still pallets hanging from the ceiling at the warehouse with lights in them, but um, <laughs> oh, yes. not not for much longer. Um, but that was our first uh, step into that, and we ended up expanding within that warehouse twice, and went from sixty five hundred square feet to like ten thousand to like fifteen or sixteen thousand square feet. Yeah, and at one point had. 26 tenants there yeah, i mean we had like leather good makers we had artists we had custom bicycles we had designers we had our build our business was expanding we went from our little 500 square foot shop downstairs to 2500 square foot shop upstairs with more guys like we had a law firm we had like a most random but like very much like a really cool snapshot of our community as a whole like it felt like the warehouse was just this like um little like case study of the dynamic elements of our our community and it was a it was a special place it brought a lot of people together that it would never have collided totally um 
and so that was, you know, we'd had that for uh, three years um, before we um, went back to that ignorance thing and said that we could open a retail store with a coffee shop and a bar in it. Here we go again. Um, I like this yeah. cycle. So, you know, that we've had the warehouse um, eight years this month. And then Moniker General, which was our second like physical space, yeah. was um, was five years. We opened it five years in May, I yeah. think it'll be. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's three years that we were doing the warehouse. Um, and in that time, you know, our design team grew both, um, you know, size and scope of projects, but also grew from a team standpoint. Um, and then we... Uh, I hired this girl named Allie that came on part time to start doing and coordinating our venue for us. And um, about the time that we were going to launch, or we getting ready to, to build Moniker General, and really kind of Moniker General was the catalyst behind the first let's call it the first branches of the oak tree out cool. of out of the trunk. Yeah, right. Like we were we were pretty like we were set up to be an oak tree, but we were still very like very much palm tree like um and then uh all at the same time um we were like well we need to start something for this moniker general like project uh, and then it was like well if i'm going to do that and partner with nate on that like i'd love to partner with cody on design and make it its own thing and make him a partner yeah and then ali's like i'm lost my other job and i don't know really what i'm gonna do with like moving forward and i'm like what if we started an event company together <laughs> <laughs> And she, Boom. for whatever reason, is like, yeah, that sounds great. And, uh, you <laughs> guys know Alice, so she's not hard to convince. Um, and uh, and so at, instantly it was like Moniker Group became a parent company to Moniker Design, Moniker General, which is our retail, MRA23, which is our coffee, and Moniker Events. And like it was like, boom, like all these branches just like, wow. sp- like spit out. And uh, went from no partners to three partners. And, uh, that was really that, that season. So like general really was a catalyst behind, um, moving us into that next step, um, into where we, what we look more like today. So, and today we look like we have six locations, you know, one co-working, one is our headquarters. We still have the warehouse. Um, we have two, uh, standalone wedding venues and then we have Moniker general, our retail and coffee shop. Amazing. What a story. I, I think when I hear that, and I think I, I'm sure some audiences would or some people listening would relate to this, is it feels like a really big thing. It feels like really, really impressive. Um, what I think one of the things that we want to do here with this podcast is determine what commonalities we have between each other. And, you know, for other people that want to be entrepreneurs who or who are entrepreneurs who, or who are in their early stage of like, discovering what they want to be, whether it's a palm tree or an oak tree, you know, or, or whatever they're doing. Um, I kind of want to like break this down and, and ask the question of what do you feel like, even like emotionally from like highs and lows, uh, what do you feel like you've, you've experienced and gone through personally that can, um, that can help people relate to the process. Hmm. Right. So there's, there's very much a process to all of this. Probably we just covered like a 10 year timeline. Um, but when it comes to um, starting something and, you know, having this cycle of ignorance and um, some of the things that we do know and curiosity, um, what do you feel like probably most people, what do you feel like you went through that most people would say, you know, I'm experiencing that right now. Um, 
and what's a good way to push through that or what can be celebrated. You, you know mm-hmm. what I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah. No, I mean, there's plenty of, of that, uh, in, <laughs> in 10 years. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, um, you know, the interesting thing is one in leadership is a lonely place. Like, and I've got, I've got amazing partners and I've got, you know, an amazing family and, and wife and like people that are really close to me and that, you know, really great community and friends and mentors. And, but there you're all like, as a leader, you're always alone. Like no one will ever, ever, ever carry the responsibility and the burden the way that you carry it. And so you have to find a way to like kind of sit in that um, instead of try to run from it or try to mm. convince somebody else to feel the way that you feel, mm. right? It doesn't mean that you don't go and you don't lean on others like for support. Sure. But the reality is no one's ever going to understand because they're not you. Right. They're not the person that is out trying to make this thing work. Right. Um, or lead the way or whatever. And and I think that's something that you need to learn to be comfortable with, you know, because um, otherwise it, it can... Um, it can either keep you from moving forward at all um, or it can uh, lead to just decisions that are being made that shouldn't be made. You know, you're trying to um, medicate, not in the sense of like a, you know, substance thing, but you're just trying to find ways to feel a certain way versus being like, no, like this, no one's going to understand this and that's okay. That's okay. Um, But I have to keep going um, because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm created to do, whatever it is. And so I think that's a, that's a huge piece. Um, to really kind of be comfortable with and, and be prepared for. Um, and I, I think the other part for me, um, and it's interesting cause kind of a, it feels maybe the opposite, but I don't like for me personally, like I'm at my best when I have other great people around me. Like I'm not, I, I'm really bad at, at being like working on my own. Um, like having a partner, you'll get the better version of me than just doing uh, it myself. Sure. Um, totally. And it's like that, that proverb is, uh, you know, if you want to go f- fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Uh, and so I think have, for me, I've always had that mentality of like going further, like having, having people, partners and having employees uh, does not necessarily let you go fast because you, it takes time to work through stuff that comes up totally. and be invested in them and helping them get to where you need them to be. But the longevity and the kind of the, the width of impact and influence that you have with that setup is, um, I think substantially more. Um, and so that's just always been my thing too, is, is just finding the right people, um, and understanding that even though it might be complex or complicated or hard because you're working with another human, um, I just feel like there's so much more to be had, um, when you're willing to to come alongside someone else and or bring someone else alongside you. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. You keep saying something about just complex, complex, complex. And so many people kept telling you, no, yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. How do you find yourself standing in this like confidence and like who you are authentically yeah. and at your core through those conversations? Yeah. I think, you know, um, people sometimes say it's complicated and it's, it's not complicated. It's complex. Mm. Those are two, I think com- complicated as a negative competition, like connotation, like it's wrong. Like, Oh, it's complicated. It, it needs to be solved. Complex is, is just more of like a description of what, what it's like. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it has a lot to it. 
Um, we are extremely complex animals as humans, right? Does that mean we're wrong? No. Like that's actually what makes us great. Totally. Right? If, if now if we're complicated, there might be some therapy involved, <laughs> right? There's I, like, I, like I would, I, being right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would say that if, if, if someone is complicated, there's probably some work that needs to be done, but I would, I would say that every human is complex, you know, the layers, the variety, the thoughts, the feels, the emotions, all those things. But all those elements coming together is what makes it unique. And I think uniqueness for me is something that I really strive to uh, want moniker to be like this, the individuality of the story of our company, um, not creating something that somebody else created, but creating what moniker was in, supposed to be. Um, and so I think the complexity side is something that I really em- embrace. Um, I also think too, strategically, just from a business standpoint, if you can solve complexity, there's value in that. And so I think there's a, you know, people won't approach or try things if it's complex sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it means it's hard. And it's, if it's hard, it's wrong. It's like, no, hard does not mean it's wrong. It just means it's hard. (laughs) And it's probably going to take more work or more resources for you to like figure it out. Yeah. And, um, and so I've actually, I've, I've kind of always enjoyed the complexity side. Um, I think you could also just like going a layer deeper, like there's, complexity requires creativity um to be able to to find a way through it sure you know and, and just like what if we did this like yeah. or what could it look like and it allows you to answer those questions or ha- actually not even answer it allows you to ask those types of questions right um like how do we design an exclamation point that's yeah, supposed to end up in like chicago a, on like a project level that but like how do we design a business that can be anything to everyone but also have like such a specific purpose and mission and calling mm. you know it doesn't lose itself in it in other things it actually empowers the other things through itself and i think that's that's what i'm looking at it's like the complexity allows for the ability to be what it is um so i've always kind of um steered towards it versus away from it that's great respect yeah I just envisioned the the gif of the little boy in the stands with a respect hat, just taking my hat off. Just <laughs> respect. I think that's really cool. I like, yeah, I completely agree. After hearing you talk about that, the the reality of acceptance and like things are complex. We are complex humans, and that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not bad. It's, it's actually what makes us great. Yeah, I think it's something we all have in common here too. Like why we all choose to work here. That's true. <laughs> We're like, all- <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in this for a reason, obviously. I, I would say my hope would be that we choose to work here because we're allowed to be complex. Right. Right. It's not that so true. it's not that we are and therefore we all gather together. It's just more of like a I am and, and I get to still be that person. Yeah. Versus like, yeah, I'm this person with all these other things I want to be doing, but I'm just I'm forced into this one thing that I can only do that and I can't share my opinions or my ideas or my dreams or have hard conversations or good conversations. Like none of that as like, there's no space for that. It's like more of like, no, I get to still be who I am and what I'm bringing into this. And that is where my value add is not just in this like ability to create this one specific thing. Yeah. We're all just showing up. Yeah. As ourselves. I think so. That's really cool. Sometimes maybe we should show up a little bit less like ourselves, <laughs> but not gonna name any names. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I'm getting out of here. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that is really beautiful, and I think I agree. I think there's a there's a, a lot of what draws uh, people and me, even as like customers and clients and members and 
everyone that interacts with moniker is the reality. There's just this natural um, reality that you do get to show up as yourself and that you do get to just come into the space of being yourself. I remember when uh, we were starting moniker commons, um, the thing that stuck out to me in, in kind of a, a, the mission in our tagline was the word of being an inclusive workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that definitely um, goes to all of the brands is, mm-hmm. is being inclusive, right? It's like, just be yourself and we want to be arms open to everyone, you yeah. know, and it's it, both from like a coffee shop standpoint, an event venue and, and design, but especially the world that I know the best is co-working is, is inclusive and bring your complex self and be who you are and we love you for it kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're um, about creating spaces for the community to exist, we need to be about creating spaces for the community to be itself. Yeah. You know? So I feel like, not not trying to force into like a specific industry or style or feel but just like we're we're setting the table um for a meal that is going to bring together a bunch of different people um and that's kind of how i see everything that we do from a space standpoint is we're just setting the table mm-hmm. like we're not um we're not forcing the conversation we're not choosing who you need to sit next to we're not um you know filtering out who's going to be there um not everyone's going to want to be there right like mm-hmm. of course we're like I don't eat that, yeah. you know, or right. it's too far away so, yeah. or like whatever no it is, you know, there's, yeah. there's, no no, there's parking. plenty of parking at Monarch Commons. There is lots um, of parking here. Lots of parking. Free, uh, free parking. Free parking. Yeah. Plug, <laughs> plug, plug. Um, no, but I think the idea is like for us is like we're going to set the table the best we know how um, and it's probably going to be influenced by what we like um, and that's not a bad thing um, and and then we just let kind of the the meal, you know, take shape and the conversations that come out of it, the connections, relationships that come out of it. Um, and I just, I feel like that's what we're trying to create. And, and, and I I think the different expressions, whether it be through coworking or whether it be through a venue or through a coffee shop, um, they're just, they're just that they're different expressions of that same kind of purpose of like, how do we, let's set the table and, uh, see who comes and then let's have a good time together. It's really cool. I love that. Um, what do you feel like uh, with where and who Moniker currently is? Um, what do you feel like you're learning or your um, understanding that you need from either a personal development or a company development or even like what resources do you need from the community mm, to to kind of take Moniker to the next level? Yeah. Um, individual brand or just as a whole from a big picture standpoint. Yeah. I need everyone to sign up for memberships at Monarch Commons <laughs> and then buy lots of coffee. <laughs> and then I need all the Point Loma kids, Point Loma Naz kids to go get married and have their weddings at our venues. <laughs> I, all the yeah. venues. I, know they, I know they all want to get married anyways, so you might as well just, <laughs> we should do it. a deal. We should like the parents like pay like not during college, idea. like we give them a discount oh and they prepay for the, goodness. for the venues. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're on to something. I'm just, I'm you're giving me anxiety. Know. <laughs> 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 Write that down. Oh, when you have a small Christian college down the street, <laughs> it's just like everyone's there to get their MRS degree anyways. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got that. So I, I think for us, um, you know, from a resource standpoint, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that, you know, for us to be able to continue to grow, it's going to take people to continue to believe in who we are and, and what we're about, right? So there is a level of like support of the businesses that we have created and a commitment to that in a, in an indirect way of helping us further the mission of what moniker is, you know. Sure. We, we have come a long way in this last year and kind of forced into a little bit of like a hibernation state from a growth standpoint because of COVID. And, but I think what's really cool is, you know, our mission was to be better than, better on the other side of COVID than we were going into it. And there's a kind of a bit of a, like an organic better that comes just because you survived like this from a business perspective, like all the things you learn that you don't really, you know, there's a level of like, uh, it's like when you're a kid and you're getting taller and you don't know you're getting taller until you go back to the door frame and you look at where the last time your parents marked the door frame was. When we get through this, we'll be able to go, there'll be a, a visit back to the door frame and we'll realize how far we've come. But I think that on the intentionality side, you know, we spend a lot of times looking and trying to be better at how we run our businesses. Um, and I think, you know, Nate or my business partner and uh, in commons in general, you know, he likes to say, you know, just because you're a good builder doesn't mean you're a good operator. Mm. And I think we're naturally builders. Like that's just who we are. That's our DNA. That's a moniker. Like we love to create. Yeah. Uh, we are not naturally operators. And so, this last season has been a lot about being better operators because the understanding and, and I hate, I, it's really not my thing at all. <laughs> and Nate knows this and it's, it's funny now, but like, I just don't like diving into the weeds of operations because I just want to live up here and like sure. just create and like dream and all that stuff. But the empowerment of those dreams comes from being the as good as we can be at what we have and being good facilitators and, and being good managers, what we have. And we become better at those things. And so now we'll be able to be better at building what's next. Another tip of the respect hat. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> I think that, I think that's a, that's, that sounds fantastic. And I, I have heard Nate say um, in a paraphrase that uh, once you become a great operator, you now have the right or you 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 have the uh, the ability to grow and scale mm-hmm. because now you're not just building something and and it's going to fall down. You know that there's it's got the bones and the foundation to to scale to the next level kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, it is. It's you're you're uh, you're building a solid foundation that you can. I mean, foundations can be uh, you can build big buildings on really healthy foundations. Yeah, um, and I think that's what we're. It's interesting because I mean we're ten years old. And the idea of like laying a foundation uh, after 10 years feels um, in my like initial like feeling on that is like, um, where did we go wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like 10 years deep. Like you should be, you know, <laughs> you should be in, in amongst the stars, like with the tip, you know, building. But the reality is um, it's all contextual. You know, if, if I'm trying to build and lead us to building a business that's around for hundreds of years, then this is we're laying foundation now. If I was trying to build a business that was only around for ten years, then yeah, I would be behind. Mm. And and I think the reality is, I want to build a business that lives far past me, um, and has a story that's not just mine. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, ten that's years cool. of laying a foundation is just what it is that was required. Big old oak tree, mm-hmm. hundred years old. Lots of roots. <laughs> Lots of big old roots. Lots of roots. Um, okay, so to wrap this up. Uh, this has been really fun and really, really neat to, I mean, both Lorna and I, we work for Moniker, but it's been really fun to have hear straight from you a lot of, a lot of the story and dive into a lot of what it means to you. Um, 
but some fun things. What do you feel like are, uh, or what are a couple hobbies or fun things that you love to do or that you're passionate about that not many people know about? <laughs> well, like outside of the what 1500 followers on Instagram I have or something like that, yeah, like huge following. Yeah, huge. I mean, I, so I don't know what the definition of many people is, but, um, no, I think my two biggest like output hobbies would be dirt biking and golfing. So those are my my outlets in this season of life, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you could ride a dirt bike, if you could if you could take a dirt biking trip trip for like three or four days, where anywhere in the world, no money or no yeah. no budget, where would you go? That's a great question. Um, even if you don't know what man. it would be like, what's intriguing or yeah. what like country or or part of the world's got you a little curious oh that's a good question i don't know um it might be like actually um i don't know maybe there's like very different but like southeast asia could be pretty incredible mm. oh like interesting Thailand, yeah like cambodia area like i've seen some stuff from from uh some videos from over there pretty pretty incredible or going like from like Mexico down into like Central America. That'd be cool. Um, like down through like Costa Rica and stuff. But but then on like a, I also loved I to go explore like Moab, Utah, and like Southern Utah. Oh and sure. I mean, there's some just incredible yeah. riding stuff there. Yeah. And I'm I'm very much spoiled because we get to ride British Columbia pretty often, and that's just like yeah premier. And then Mexico, crazy. like we just mm-hmm. get to rip all over Baja. Yeah. It's just go nuts. So fun. Yeah. It's just so fun. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. That's amazing. Is that what I what I kind of gleaned from that was both I feel like Southeast Asia and kind of Central America are both kind of jungle yeah, atmospheres. That's, that's a, and maybe there's something yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, it's like British Columbia is all like forest and yeah. then you know, Mexico is just desert. Desert. So yeah, maybe that's what I'm just there's looking some, like and I've done mountains, so it's like, yeah, jungle. I need to jungle. go right in the jungle. You need to go right in the jungle. Apparently. There's yeah. a trip twenty twenty two. Yeah, no. Probably 2032. 2032. <laughs> I got you got a couple young yeah, kids. I got the littles at home, man. That's the wife. That's the wife fair. is just signing off on the Baja trips. Like we're yeah. I love it. I love it. Lorna, do you have any of those curiosity questions that you kind of that are fun or you just want to know? Mm, yeah, I mean, at the end, just kind of wrapping things up. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, there's so many people out there that maybe they didn't ever put your face to your name or vice versa, but. If you could say something to the community fostered, yeah, what would you, what would you tell everyone? Well, I think first off, I'd say thank you for uh, being a part of our story. Um, you know, I mean, just there's a there's there's those that have like the indirect thank you of like you came and got coffee from us, or you you don't really realize you're not thinking about that right necessarily. You're not like, oh, I'm gonna go to Monarch Coffee because. I want to make sure that they can continue to do what it is that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a thank you there. And then there's the thank you of those that have been very intentionally sacrificed or given or supported or believed in us and allowed us to do some ridiculous things that we would have never been able to do had that not been the case, you know? And, and I think that's, um, they directly have impacted the way that we've been able to influence or support our community. So, um, yeah, I think that would be it. And then I think the other part is let us know like what you're looking for. You know, I mean, we can't do everything, but um, are there areas of our city and our neighborhoods that um, need what Moniker can can do, uh, can create, can facilitate? Like, um, and if there are, like, 
let us know. You know, maybe it's something that we can we can make happen. Um, you know, I've got a lot of crazy ideas and, and fun dreams, but I don't have all of them. Um, so uh, that's probably what I would I'd say. Nice. Right on. Yeah. How can uh, so you know? There's about twelve brands, but at a core, how can people uh, learn or follow or find moniker? <laughs> <laughs> just go to Liberty Station. Go to Liberty Station and, and t- just do like a like look around. Um, <laughs> just you'll run into one of our buildings. I'm pretty certain. Um, but on yeah, social. I think socially though, uh, digitally we have. Gosh, do we have ten Instagram accounts that you could follow at Moniker? Yeah, Moniker Group. Ironically, is probably the most boring of all of them. Um, (laughs) Moniker General, Moniker Commons, Moniker Coffee, Moniker Cocktail, Moniker Events, The Lane, Building One Seventy Seven. Yeah, Moniker Warehouse. Pick your poison. Yeah, pick them all. Pick. Pick one. Pick them all. And um, then probably uh, monikergroup.com yeah, at some capacity. Moniker, yeah, monikergroup.com will get you in the direction that you're looking for, That's whether cool. it be from uh, contacting someone from our team or learning about what we have or um, just finding our social accounts that I just listed out that you didn't have time to write down. <laughs> <laughs> so then nice. if, if someone did have an idea of what they think the community needs they could go to monikergroup.com and find a way to contact us drop a drop a line on the info side love it yeah awesome well thanks ma'am this has been a great hope you've had fun too this is a good time thanks when do we do it again uh tomorrow tomorrow on saturday tomorrow saturday Saturday, so (laughs) maybe not i mean you should be working on saturday for sure Uh, i only work saturdays actually (laughs) perfect cool appreciate it we'll do it again soon that sounds good all right Yeah. Oh, this whole thing? So Woodford Reserve. Patagonia. (laughs) Oh wow. It's a really nice fanny. Um did you wear your knee pads? My knee pads. (laughs) When I'm on my bicycle, I have my fanny pack, my helmet, and my knee pads. (laughs) Well, welcome to the fact check of Mr. Sisson. Episode two of what we have in common podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my favorite uh, sections of the podcast. Yeah, you're. There's only three, but this is one of my favorite ones. Why do you love it so much? Uh, Because we get to review what we said and see how right we were Um, (laughs) or wrong. Well, the good news about you is that you correct yourself quite often. I do in the moment. So, so I think the last thing that I said was sixty percent of the things I say are true. Now I'm up to, are you saying I'm closer to 90, 95%? You could be maybe like 85%. Ooh, we're you're climbing. Better. You're better than you think, but you're still not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did we, what do we need to okay, do, so fact this check is, in here? This is a good one. Luckily. I mean, Ryan, we talked for a long time. So I would expect there to be a lot of things that. Yeah. Ryan speaks a lot of facts though so there's not a lot of check he's an enneagram game. one the truth the he fact is. teller he is we had a moment towards the beginning of just getting started we were talking about enneagram mm-hmm. per use and we're two out of two episodes for talking about enneagram yeah, i need to stop asking that question <laughs> <laughs> go to icebreaker <laughs> what enneagram um, are you <laughs> i Wait, really? Or No, I know oh. what Enneagram you are. <laughs> no, you think of... This is funny. You keep thinking I'm a nine. 
No, no, no. You're a two. Yeah. No, you, thank you. Um, but in the episode, I did. you say that the test. I don't know where that the came The test says I'm a nine, but that, or the test says I'm a two, but I'm really a nine. Is I don't know why I, that went into my head. Um, I thought I was a nine for a bit. Maybe that's where it was. I didn't resonate with anything. You're trending between the two Enneagrams. I am. But you're really, you're at heart, you're a two. I'm a two. And Ryan, we learned, is a one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was a five for whatever reason. But there's Half some validity second. to this. There's there's a couple characteristics that made me want to believe that Ryan was a five. The five is not the researcher. It's the investigator. Oh, okay. They Kind okay. of the same, but you're right. That's a fact check yeah. of what it's called. And along with that, what did we find? Okay, so some of the key things that come up for fives is... That they're alert, insightful, and curious. They are able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. Independent, innovative, and inventive. Does that not sound like him? I'd say four out of ten sound like him. Like what? I, I think. Well, the one thing that I don't think sounds like him. I think he wants to. I think he wants complex problems to be solved, but he doesn't want to do, be the one to solve them. Cause, Cause, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but he knows they need to be solved. But he's like, I'll delegate to someone who wants to do this. They can also become preoccupied with their thoughts. Yeah. Well, look, at what is a one when a one is healthy or unhealthy? Do they go to a five at all? That's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Continue. Continue Let me on continue the fight. with this. So, so all that said, that wasn't that far off. No, it could be a thing. And then also, uh, we were diving into. For anyone that doesn't know, Allie, Allie's mm. one of the partners here, um, for Moniker Events, and she came up. I she said did. she was a three. You're right. You did say she was a Ryan's three. Ryan's like, no, she's not. Oh boy! And then confirmed she is a three. So ah, uh, you did know your I kn- friend. I know like my friend, thought. so I take a lot of pride in that. So there's that. But you were correct. You fact checked yourself, and you were you spoke the truth. Yeah, I did. Wow, you're one for one. I know this a lot better than I want to think I do. <laughs> so give yourself some credit. But let me take a look actually at this one. The reformer what? is what Ryan is. The one. Yeah. Oh man, I, I think I said the. Not the perfectionist. That's a fact check right there. Healthy, the the reformer. Yep. Healthy levels at their best. Yeah. Um, Become extraordinarily wise and discerning by accepting what is. They become transcendentally realistic. I can't say it. Transcendentally. 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 Trans. Transcendentally. That seems wrong. No, that's right. Do you know what that means? Concerned. Long pause. Cut that out. Yeah, Jimmy, cut this part out. Jimmy, how's it going? <laughs> I miss Hi, you, Jimmy. Okay, no, but a one. It. I know there's a section where it says the one. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
So in growth, the one goes to a seven, and in stress, the one goes to a four. Ah. So in 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 growth, the one becomes overly joyful and adventurous, and mm. you know all the types of a seven, outgoing and playful, and I guess with a four to stress, I don't I don't want. I'm gonna have to fact check this fact check if I talk about the fours yeah. too much. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about Stop it. Stop talking. Okay. So, but but we we. Allie is in fact a three. Ryan yeah. is a one. And that's that. Yeah. Okay. And you're a two. <laughs> and I'm a seven. We got all the facts laid out right here. That's that. Honestly, from there on out, everything you heard was the truth. So. Wow. Really? That's it. Even if it wasn't, it was corrected. So. In the in the episode, it was corrected. It was It was episode corrected. <laughs> It that's was corrected pretty, in the episode. That's pretty quick. I, yeah, we we corrected who our voices sound like, which Ryan mentioned. I don't remember his name. I remember I said it was Raj, and it's not Raj. <laughs> um, Ira. Ira. Yeah. So Ryan corrected it. I mean, he was looking it up as as we were talking, which is fair. Well, I mean, that's that's a pretty quick wrap. My job is done. I think. You did a great job on this fact check. It was really... It's a long episode, but we got to talk about a lot of... Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm really glad your your fact check wasn't a lot of work. Yeah, but you, who knows? Maybe next week you'll be... Yeah, the next episode, you're going to have to fact check a lot. Who's the next episode? Well, I think it's Carissa, but I'm not quite sure. Oh, you're right. I don't want to speak too soon in case we have to change things, but I think it's Carissa. It is Carissa. Yeah, I'm really... That's thrilling. PR, hospitality. A nice little sneak peek into next week. Uh, okay, so fact check is completo. Wow. Simple. That's it. Okay. Well, have a great day. <laughs> See ya. We out.